comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hey everybody, welcome to Fear the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 272, and wow, I have some deja vu. I feel like I said that episode number once before, but unfortunately, uh, if you've read our Facebook group, you know, uh, last week we had some... Uh, insurmountable technical difficulties. Uh, we recorded an entire episode that has been lost now to the unholy ether and will never be heard ever again. But joining me tonight to rectify that situation, the ma- the Grandmaster himself, the King Hell Zombie Master himself, my good friend and compatriot since the beginning in this endeavor, Mr. Russell Latham. Hello. He's back, everybody. I'm back. See, that's another thing. You would have missed out on Russ last week because he was not here. It was me. It was my other co-host tonight, Chub Toad. Hey. And Daryl Taylor, who might be joining us later. Who knows? It is after 9 o'clock, though, and usually he doesn't stay up after Matlock. You know, <laughs> his, his medicine's Jared kind of puts him out. Him so and Grandpa was, Simpson. Yeah, yeah, he is kind of turning into Grandpa Simpson. He really likes that. I think he likes that show, The Cool Kids, because he identifies with the, the elders. Anyway. Well, I think he does the back-to-back power duo of uh, Murder, She Wrote, and Matlock. So. And Matlock. Yeah. yeah. And then if, he, if he's adventurous and stays up past 9 o'clock, a little Columbo, but yeah. you got to make sure to get the regular Italian, though, not the zesty Italian, because that gives him heartburn. <laughs> that, the zesty is too much for him, so you got to keep that yeah. in mind. But anyway, we were, as I mentioned, I wanted to apologize because I hosted last week and I did the recap. Uh, since Russ wasn't here, he's redoing his whole man cave and house and everything because he has to put a bat cave in under his home now, and that's a lot of work. Um, Shh, that's a secret. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to. I'm sorry, man. Spoiler. Sorry. sorry. He's already had to call no, out the hit on there. the workers. Yeah. There's nothing there. It's nothing not to see here. Nope, nope. Nothing at all. It's not a, a total museum to... Uh, Batman and Wolverine. No, no, not at all. Look, you can't expect to hire 60 workers to dig a cave under your house and then keep it a secret. I mean, those men live in this town. Yeah, but I told them it was part of a geological survey. Batman, Batman. They built a lazy Susan for your nuclear car. That's something they consider conversation worthy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but we, we uh, recorded a whole episode uh, about last week's episode, and... If I really need to sum up in a few words, I would just say that we weren't real pleased. I think our average Toby was, what, about two? Two out of five? I think I gave it one. You gave it like Maybe a one. Yeah, no, I you... gave it a two, and the rest of you gave it a two and a half. Well, I think I gave it a two, too, buddy. Cause Did I you? Not, okay. I was not real happy with it, either. It, it um, wasn't great, but I will say this. It was so much better than this week. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, last episode was the Channel 5 episode, we had the dueling documentaries, and they had that dude Tom, and they had to move, uh, for some reason they couldn't go around even though they had a giant truck full of gas, and Tom died even though we just met him last episode, and uh, they decided in their last bit of desperation they need to call Jenny, because uh, the Humboldt Gulch place they're looking for is overrun with walkers, surprise, surprise. Yeah. So well, uh, the, since shortest, we didn't have, the shortest recap I could do possible of last week. Since we didn't have Russ last week, what was Russ's Toby rating for idea. channel? I, <clears throat> well, my Toby rating would have been yeah two and a half. Okay. For last week, yeah, I was I was I was on the same page as you guys. Uh, I just yeah, a low point, a very very low point. Yeah, I think like the biggest thing that got us was like. Okay, they're at this bridge, and they're stuck with this tanker full of gas, right? And they say, oh, we'd have to double back and go, like, 20 miles out of our way. To which I say, okay, go ahead. You have a tanker full of gas. Yeah. <laughs> you could go as far as you'd like. <laughs> I'm sorry. They had a tanker yeah. full of gas but can only go 50 miles for some reason. I, right. I 
don't, I, I didn't understand that. But, yeah, me either. Know. Anyway, it had it lacked a certain. I don't know what. Well, it made a lot more sense than this week. So. So anyway, we're gonna just move on here. We have backups on our backups on the recording. Uh, hopefully, we will not have any technical difficulties this week, and I apologize. Which they'll know if they actually get to hear this. So right. it happens. It's not the it's not the first time. It probably will nope. not be the last time that we lost an episode to the tech gods. All of our wisdom is lost to the ages. Although, if you would like Jim to put out the track that just has his part on it, you know, let us know on Facebook. But it'll be oh, kind of weird. I think it was. <laughs> I think it was recording through my webcam mic as well, so it sounds extra great. <laughs> So, yeah. Anyway, All right. so we decided to move on, and since I am obviously jinxed when I do the recap, <laughs> and Russ is uh, coughing from all the dust from carving his new man cave, uh, Rich has graciously offered to do the recap this week. Yep, so I apologize in advance. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Okay, so... This week's, the season finale for season five's episode was titled End of the Line, which I think was a pretty good title because for me, this is practically the end of the line for this show. But um, let's go ahead and jump into it. Any thoughts right up front before we do My the recap? right up front is if that's your best joke tonight, we might as well hang it up, buddy. Cause that oh, was that wasn't low, a joke. Low-hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah, no, that wasn't a joke. I'm serious. I mean, this is, this, oh my God, this, this episode. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. All right, so it kicks off, Dwight's running through a field, and then he collapses, and he, and I had to rewind it a couple of times because I wasn't sure, but he hallucinates Sherry's voice on the radio and then chucks it into the dirt from frustration because, you know, they got hundreds of these walkie-talkies. Um Exhausted, he makes it back to Al's truck before hearing a group of horses that are riding up to him. Of course, he hides down to, you know, because he thinks it's uh, our lovely horse people. Um, but it turns out just to be that it's horses without riders, and he tells the horses, you just saved my life. Well, they also they shoot it so you don't know that the horses don't have riders, you know, like you're scared along with them. Because he's hiding underneath, and all he can see are the hooves of the horses as they go by, not the... You know, the feet of the people. Oh, yeah. Yep. So. Yep. so, then back at the Gulch, Ginny tells Morgan she's happy to hear from him and asks where he is. When he tells her, she reveals she tried to help those people, but they didn't want it, so they died. Mm-hmm. She tells Morgan that place... There seems to be a lot of that going around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she tells Morgan that place is beyond repair and that he should move on. He, uh, she suggests she'll split split them up in her settlements instead of Morgan. Instead, and Morgan agrees to let her help them. Which, and we'll get more into this later. But for me, I just if it, it, it this does not feel like the Morgan Jones. Even back when he was crazy, clear Morgan Jones, all of that that we're used to, where he just gives in so easily. I don't know. Um, oh, I mean. <coughs> To be fair, um, you know, his back is against the wall, he's got kids, he's got sick, you know, and she, and like his condition for her coming to get him is like that he, she takes all of them, right? Yeah, but to me, to me, he's smarter than that, but maybe not, because, I mean, especially when she's suggesting splitting them up, that just, I mean, come on. Yeah, I have, I have an issue with that later. We'll get to that when they actually now, start splitting up. I I don't believe Morgan lived through or was around through the governor, but he was around through Negan. And I, I mean, he should have better caution than that. But anyway, I just I so, feel like you know I just feel like he wouldn't have called Jenny if he thought he had another option. You know, what I mean, he's just as tired and worn out, and at the end of his rope as everyone else. They're low of food. They're low on water. Again, they're sick, sick and kid with, kids with them. It's, it's the only choice they have left. I mean, and that's kind of where we're at at the end of the last episode. Strand is the one who kind of, like, sells the idea, you know, to the rest of the group. Because nobody's yeah. happy with it, but there's nothing else they can do, really. Which leads to the question, what happened with well, the... That part didn't bother me. Well. What bothers me is 
what was the story with him taking the starter? What did he tell her? What was that exchange? That's, and I have a feeling that they're going to reveal something in the season opener, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. The stuff that they're making mysteries of anymore is just ridiculous. I thought Daniel um, took the starter so Jenny couldn't get it. Yeah, but then when uh, Strand went to take to go see Jenny, he took the starter to her. Well, I mean, Daniel even says, you know, in the things with Strand, you know, who are you going to betray, you know, next? Who are you going to... He still doesn't trust Strand. Even right. Well, yeah. Because he asked him straight out, why did you take the starter to Ginny? He asked yeah. him why he did that. And then he yeah, said, yeah, yeah, don't forget who you are, Victor. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, Strand I, is always a Strand be stranded. Yes. <laughs> you know, Strand got yeah. a Strand. <laughs> He's looking out for himself. He always has. You know? That's true. I think it well, I think at the end we get a hint that maybe maybe not. Yeah, I have a feeling there's a few aces up his sleeve, but I don't know, I just there were not just with Strand, there were just too many blanks in this episode that just didn't get filled in for me. So Well let's keep uh, going. You yep, kinda of so, lost over some stuff. Yep. So Morgan apologizes to everyone and checks on Grace. Um she tells him she told a man from the plant how she felt right before he died, and that's why she didn't want Morgan to do the same. Uh, she then suggests that she'll kill herself when Ginny arrives because she knows she'll have no use for her. Um, and Morgan says, of course, I won't let that happen. Um, nearby, June is telling John she doesn't want to revert back to who she was before she met him. Convenient. I call this the, the convenient... Uh what do you call it? The convenient confession. Chekhov's confession. <laughs> yeah. And that's when they're hearing horses gallop up. And, of course, it's Dwight with the horses that found him. Morgan and the gang are happy to see him. And Dwight explains if they're alive, then there must be water nearby. So we don't need her, he says. Um, and then they argue over whether to stay or not and eventually decide to stay, where they'll deal with the Walkers and Virginia. Um, Morgan, Strand, Dwight, John, June, Grace, and Daniel break open the fence and use the horses to lead the massive herd towards Ginny, where they'll try to finally take what they need. With the walkers gone, the rest of their group can move into the gulch. So, I thought that, in a way, it was kind of a cool idea of moving the herd towards Ginny, but at the same time, they know she's in vehicles now. So I, I'm not sure how effective that would have been on the yeah, road. At least there'd be a delaying uh, tactic or you know, distraction. Well, yeah, yeah. Although their uh, their herding abilities are pretty weak. Wasn't Morgan around in the parent show when they were herding all of those walkers into like the quarry area and stuff? Because he he was better at this, I think, at one time, but. On the road, Stranded Daniel leave to find water, while the rest continue to lead the walkers down the road. Uh, Dwight tells June about his sherry hallucination and says if he's meant to see her again, it'll come naturally. Um, I have a theory on this, by the way, um, without the help of Ginny. Um, in the gulch, Rabbi Jacob finds a church, which he thinks he can work out of, while Al finds some, key, some of the keys Ginny gives her people on some of the walkers that were there, which, of course, we all kind of had a good idea that these walkers here were once people that she tried to assimilate. <laughs> Resistance is futile. You mean Ginny has something up her sleeve that she didn't tell everyone about? Dun, dun, no. Dun. No. Um, in the woods, Strand tells Daniel they should consider joining Ginny, um, it might not be as bad as we imagined, he tells Daniel, and that's when Daniel reminds him she's not giving him a choice, and that's all they need to know. Um, suddenly, they spot Luciana among Virginia's people, so Daniel radios Dwight and the gang to abandon the plan. And then Dwight quickly gets surrounded by walkers and is forced to jump off his horse as walkers consume it. Um, man, horses just do not have get a break in the Walking dead verse. Morgan and the gang ride in to reherd the walkers to save Dwight in a back-and-forth sequence that lasts too long and ends in a river. 
Is that from your recap or the official recap? That's <laughs> from the official. Too long. That's from the official recap. Wow. Yeah, from Skybound's recap. It says, Morgan and the gang ride in to reherd the walkers to save Dwight in a back-and-forth sequence that lasts too long and ends in a river. Mm. <laughs> Which, I get the whole thing, you know, Luciana is a part of them, but she's also a survivor. She's a fighter. And they couldn't have tried to improvise something along with the plan they were already doing. I mean, if there were a group of their people with Ginny, okay. But one person? I don't know. I have a little bit Wrath of Khan going on in my head. You know, the needs of the one kind of thing. But anyway. So, back at the Gulch, Morgan reminds them Despite their failures, they've still made a difference in this world, and they should keep on living their lives. Um, Alicia and Wes paint the church, and later June walks down the aisle to marry John. Jacob officiates, and the two exchange their vows and rings. Which, well, they didn't put this in here. I thought it was kind of cool, you know, Dwight gave them his and Sherry's rings for uh, the wedding. Uh, which was kind of something that was foreshadowed a little bit several episodes ago, I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. So I thought it was cool to see that come back around. So they finally tie the knot, and Daniel, Grace, and Charlie perform It's All Right. Uh, suddenly, Virginia and the gang arrive in SWAT truck leading caravan. Morgan asks her to take care of his people and not sacrifice any of them. She reluctantly agrees and tells him to round up the gang. And that exchange right there between the two of them should have told him right away that she is not going to honor this. I mean, just the attitude in her voice and everything else. Morgan, you're smarter than that. Come on. And and on top of that, I was really surprised how quiet John was in all of this. That night, the gang gets separated and driven away, so breaking it down, Ginny tells Althea she'll soon need to hear more about the helicopter helicopter community she talked about uh, the episode before. This, uh, was, uh, this was the part I really hated, because like, they literally separated each yeah. couple. Like, they even took the cat away from, from, from yeah. Ginny. <clears throat> Yeah, this... The, it was just like, hey, yeah. hey, you can't travel with your kitty cat. <laughs> it, you know, it's a bit much, man. Didn't... So, this is the part I didn't understand. Didn't when Morgan come out and make his speech, he say that they would all go together yeah. and not be separated? Yeah. And then they get separated? <laughs> I was really confused. I mean, I, I know in the beginning he said that, and she said, yeah, that's not going to happen. And then when he gave his impassioned speech... And she agreed to it, but yet they still split them up. So I'm like, what? what, what, what? I was really and, confused. I mean, this whole episode is poor, but everything from this point on makes absolutely no sense. It's it, just absolutely confusing. It, um, yeah. The whole the whole purposely separating certain pe- like people, uh, you know, sp- splitting up uh, John and June, splitting up. Uh, uh, um, Daryl Mitchell and, and Mo Collins, you know, they, uh, they're, they're characters, and like it. If you're, if the whole point, if you're, if you really want to make people and put them in a place and make them miserable to the point where you won't be able to trust them and they'll possibly revolt and have resentment, then this is what you do. If you want to try and pacify them so you can kind of show them that your way is better, then wouldn't you keep them together? Like, it just doesn't make sense. This is the way you create automatic dissension in the ranks. This is what's going to, you know, they're going to revolt. I mean, you're automatically setting them up to revolt here. Uh, It makes no sense. But that's that's like classic misstep one. And classic misstep two is what happens next. We'll talk about next, in the next few scenes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And this is what I was arguing about Aaron Newworth uh, about when we were talking in the chat or whatever about my big. Well, we'll get to it. It's just okay. my biggest gripe of the whole episode and why. I mean, this, this, you know, before we move on, one of the things that really sticks in the back of my head that bothers me is if I were those kids from the first half of the season, I would be so disappointed in these adults. I mean, they harped at them about, 
don't give up. You gotta fight. Don't hunker down. We gotta move on. We're gonna survive. We're gonna do this. You know, rah, 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 rah. And then ever since they got on the rickety plane and got back, they have been nothing but neutered adults that are just pacified to the point that they're just giving in. I understand they're exhausted and tired, but I mean, come on, man. These, 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 our gang has been through a lot worse. And then they, but to me, it's kind of hypocritical of what they were pounding into those kids' heads the first half of the season to how they've acted the second half of the season. So, so uh, Sarah tearfully bids farewell to Wendell as Strand promises Alicia they can do more damage to the pioneers from the inside, which makes me think he has a plan. But I, I don't know. I. I'm concerned because most of the time things Strand does does not work out like Strand thinks it's going to. Yeah. <laughs> um, Daniel assures Charlie everything will be fine as John repeatedly tells June he loves her while the two men throw him into a truck. Don't <laughs> get why they separated the two of them. I agree totally with what Russ just said. It was to make it, it was to make it look dramatic for that moment there. Yeah. You know, and the other thing too is I, I I'm I'm going to to um forecast this right now i'm probably wrong but it would not surprise me if they do this they separated daniel and skidmark and i bet you skidmark ends up food wow that's dark no, i was well, gonna say you went in a whole dark area there man well, I'm just saying this. I, I, well, I don't know. I mean, when I didn't they're think writing that at all, <laughs> when they're writing their episodic scripts in crayon, who knows what they're gonna do? Morgan then confesses his feelings to Grace before Ginny shows up and sends her away, and uh, she, of course, with her doctor, um, Grace tells Morgan she feels the same about him, and then goes off with the doctor here. Then we get to the really bizarre part of the episode. Jenny pulls out a revolver and tells Morgan he's staying. You don't have to do this, Morgan says, before swinging his stick at her. Uh, he connects with her face, but gets shot wait, through wait, the... Wait, 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 you're up. You, what you're glossing over here is the slow motion in the shot uh, when yeah. he, like, goes for her face with his cane while she's trying to shoot him. Yeah. You know? put a little slow motion blur <clears throat> on that, you know? Yeah. That was actually a cool... I mean, I like that sequence. I'm, uh, you know... Well, they brought. I think, probably, I think they brought Snyder in to direct just that piece of it. So, <laughs> uh, I still think he would have knocked her out cold, but that's yeah, another, that's another story. Well, here's the other thing too. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. So, uh, even on the official from Skybound here, it says shot through the chest in the process. I'm going to be talking about an article here in a little bit where the showrunner say he was shot in the shoulder. So, but when I watched it on it, that bullet hole looked like it was right over no, the, where the heart would be. But excuse that's me, just me, I guess. Excuse me, sir. Um, excuse me, sir. Not just you. Okay. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. We need to uh, refer, of course, in the Walking Dead Codex to Glenn's Law, aka the Re Dumpster Conundrum. Yes. <laughs> in oh. which we are, in, you know, almost explicitly insured. That a certain character is dead, only to find out that they somehow, you know, in, in classic like movie cliffhanger style, you know, escape yeah. their fate and. Live. Oh no! This very much reminded me of when Rick got bucked off the horse and the rebar through his chest. Right. Yeah. What I'm, yeah, I'm saying you know, it's just you know we we need to consult Glenn's law here. Yeah. So we know for a fact that he is probably not dead. <laughs> So, it says here, Ginny tosses off his staff as he crawls back towards the church. Now, it doesn't say this in the, here, but she pulls a gun off one of the walkers that I guess was one of the actors at the Gulch back in, in the day. Um, because she then points that gun at him and tells him, I just resent your face so much before firing again, but it's a blank. That's when Ginny gets a call from the doctor informing her that Grace isn't sick. She's just pregnant and malnourished. Okay. How what? did June miss this? How did June, what? a trained nurse, 
not catch this in treating her. Not only well, that, but they left five minutes ago. How the yeah. hell did all that happen? And, if I may also interject from what we were saying before, you've already split them all up to so, so dissent. You're going to kill their leader? Yeah. And leave his body there to be eaten by... by Every single one of them is going to be like, where's Morgan? Where's Morgan? We have, you know, nobody's seen Morgan. Have you seen Morgan? And that's going to sow even more dissent. Yeah. I mean, why, that's no way to keep like the new group integrated or pacified into their new group. Uh, yeah, so uh, Morgan tells her she was wrong to say they didn't have a future. Uh, she says she hopes he dies before jumping into her Jeep and driving away. In the final scene of the season, Morgan radios one of the channels and tells Grace and his people to live. Just live. I'll, I know, not, hey guys, I'm shot and bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't warn them about Ginny's, what Grace Ginny, is doing. Ginny's, or Ginny, Ginny, yeah. Ginny's a lot worse than you think. She shot me and left me here to die. And so that brings us to the close of the episode. Now, I have an article from who's it written by Kristen Acuna. Let me pull it up here. Anyway, this is an interview that, that was done with the showrunners for this about this finale. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll link this into our Facebook um, here in a bit. As she's interviewing them, you know, she asks about um, Vir Virginia shooting Morgan. And so Andrew Chambliss replies, uh, Virginia shooting Morgan really boils down to the fundamental disagreement that they have in kind having kind of their viewpoints of how to live in the apocalypse and then a bunch of more stuff there. I don't feel that we got enough of what the differences in their viewpoints were or for them to have this huge feud that culminated to this. I know that's what they're trying to sell us, but that's it. There was just way too much glossed over this half of the season. This is why they wasted Matt. Fr it was a waste with Matt Frewer for the first half of the season, because they should have been sowing the seeds for this conflict between great uh jenny and morgan from the beginning of the season um because they tried to sell it to us way too hard in the second half so and then he says morgan someone who values uh kind of every individual whereas jenny's viewpoint is very much about the group and how to look towards the future that is stable and grow i i don't get that from the way they portrayed her i get that she kind of has that mentality a little bit, but that, to me, she's vindictive. I mean, if she's really wanting to help people, why is she doing what she's doing to this group? I, I, I don't know. So many I, questions. And then this statement from him as well, just so uh, these things really do come to a head when they're opposite each other at the end of the episode. But I think that, that, the interesting thing about that moment, you know, is she shoots him and hits him in the shoulder, and then she's got the gun to his face, and she has that line where she says, I just resent your face so much. And you know, that speaks to some more stuff that's going on beneath the surface for Ginny. Perhaps there's something about Morgan that pushes her buttons in the wrong way on a personal level, and we'll learn more about that in Season 6 as we see our characters living under her rule in the settlements. No! That's the kind of stuff you needed to set up for this ending. Not, you're putting the cart before the horse here. This is very poor storytelling. Uh, what else did I mark from this? Oh, yeah, so then this is about the wound, because the interviewer asks about, wait, I thought he was shot in the heart. And it says, you know, listen, he was bleeding quite a bit from that wound, and he also had walkers encroaching on him. So, you know, whether it's the shoulder or the heart, it's a bad gunshot wound, and it's not going to be one that he could easily survive. There is a huge difference in a gunshot wound to the heart versus the shoulder. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's just little bits in here. Um, oh, and then they asked about, uh, did they feel pressured to try to include things that speak to the larger walking dead averse that they're creating. And so I think we're just going to have to wait and see. It's a big universe. There are a lot of people out there, and I think that's all we're going to say right now. So in other words, yes, we did have to put stuff in there, which kind of lends to some theories I've been reading in the last day about that um, 
it's possible that uh, Jadis is, or Anne is going to be the one that comes and rescues Morgan. Um, and then Morgan and Rick will be reunited for the movie when it happens. And then, of course, that'll also reunite Michonne after she leaves this next season. I don't know, but to me, that's a strong possibility just from the way things are going, in my view, anyway. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't see that. I, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. You're yeah. talking about, like, being able to spin this out for another 10 years or something. And yeah. Uh, if they can, good for, I mean, keep it fresh, cool. But if they're going to just kind of, I mean, we I, I wanted to mention at the beginning of the thing, there's a news uh, item, but we'll throw it in here at the end. Um, they had mentioned this uh, uh, since we uh, last convened, that <clears throat> the, the new Walking Dead show, which has been up to now called Monument, will be taking place in the same time period as the parent show. Mm. In the same time frame, like after the time jump that the new show, oh, okay. the parent show's been in. Uh, so, you know, the zombies have been around for a while. I didn't see that news. So have they kind of confirmed an area that they're going to be at, though? Or is it just saying no, it's at the same time? Okay. They said that it was, they're like a closed community, um, and they're kind of like sheltered from the walkers, and then something happens, and the, uh, the kids and the teenagers of the community are, you know, close, are shut off from what, you know, their their safe area or whatever, and they have to learn how to survive after being, you know, kind of sheltered from the zombies this whole time. So, And then the very end of this article I want to touch on um, kind of speaks to my thoughts. So the interviewer, Akuna, asks, um, I have to ask because I know that I'm going to hear about it if I don't, but the season has been faced with a lot of backlash and a lot of criticism, not just from fans, but also critics. I'm wondering what your response has been to all of it. Has it made you look at what you're trying to do with the show any differently or maybe how you approach it next season? And then Chambliss replies, you know, we told the story that we believe in and we're proud of what we did. And in terms of going forward, the show is changing and that's always been part of the plan. You know, it changes every season and every half season. And we're very excited about the direction it's going. And a lot of tough challenges that our characters ahead are going to be facing. I haven't checked today, but as of yesterday, this episode was had a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. And the season overall, I forget what it was, but it was in the 20s. That's bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of afraid to read uh, the Tobys in the Facebook group. They're... Uh kind of reflecting exactly what you're talking about oh i haven't read those yet so uh, i don't know well. yeah <clears throat> i just I, I don't know i think they could do some interesting things again i think sometimes with this show this season it's not so much what they're doing it's how they're doing it and how they get there and, and and the dialogue choices and everything else like i think it could be interesting to put them in situations in this situation where they're split up and kind of having to, you know, almost maybe like great escape style, find a way to free themselves and get back together or to, to do something like that. I, I think it's just the way that they went about it was uh, just just didn't didn't make a lot of sense. I, I mean, there's just there too, this season's just had too many logical leaps that just really make my head scratch i mean again i i understand it's a show about the dead walking the earth but you know just from the whole hey we're gonna you know just random people be able to to literally put an airplane back together again and make it fly to yeah we now we know how to we can you know read somebody's notes and now we know how to make gasoline like there's just there's just so many things that are just like you could tell a similar story but do it in in a way that makes a little more sense and doesn't require such such logical leaps and and just to, to be able to, to write a better story and and again i, I and part of it is I, I i mentioned this before but i just really don't like this character of virginia like i just don't oh, yeah. i don't like her i don't i don't i she doesn't have the gravitas to me to to be in the position she's in. And I think Morgan kind of, I mean, he didn't get the best of her necessarily, but he, you know, I mean, she had him dead to rights and he was able to whack her with that, you know, with his staff 
and kind of put her in her place a bit. Like to me, she, I don't know. She's like faux ruthless, if that makes sense. Like she's one of those people that just like comes across as being tough, but really, you know, really doesn't have the chops to kind of back it up. So I just wonder how she was able to get to where she is. And I just, I'm just not buying it. I'm just not buying it from her. Um, at all, which which makes it even more difficult, you know, when when the story has these other deficiencies uh, that it has. And then when they wrap it up the way they do, it's like I can uh, they're already telegraphing to me what they're going to be doing next season. Is Morgan alive? Is Morgan dead? Oh no, we're all in the treasury, you know, in the drudgery of Ginny's uh, machine. But wait a minute, what happened over here? Could that have been Morgan? Could that have been Morgan? And they're going to tease this out, and it's just. Honestly, I just don't care. I just don't care anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Honestly, if it weren't for our podcast, this would be well. If it weren't for our podcast and John Dory, I would be done with Fear the Walking Dead. And period. it's like the same, the same thing I've said now for like four or five episodes. The actors are good, but th- what they're having them do in the scripts are just not. You know. Yeah. You know. And, like, stuff like even just the Daniel and Charlie stuff, I think it's really good storytelling to the point of, you know, she's kind of warmed him up in a way, you know, he's not as quite the ice cold. Of course, he's gone way too pacifist, I think, but um, and all of that stuff. But they didn't really show us any solid moments or arcs that really led to that. We had a couple of one-off scenes here and there of him and Charlie kind of just, you know, being pals and then that was it you know and i mean that's just one of many examples of stuff where they got to an ending of a story arc that just didn't have anything of substance leading up to it at all so i don't know and then like what russ is saying i mean these these, this is a group who will sit there under threat of nuclear radiation and as i said it that way jim just chill out uh (laughs) um and use duct tape and chewing gum to put a plane back together and fly it and now they're just oh humbug gulch we just can't make it work we give up i i just it that they've lost it they just lost the spirit of what that group was and i just they're they're gonna have to do an awful lot to earn back my good grace for the story when this next season comes around so i I thought it was funny when they talked about oh well there's got to be water nearby but we don't have any food as they're staring at four horses and i'm like yeah you know yeah probably not my first choice are you french (laughs) yeah probably not my first choice but if it's that or starve to death guess what i don't know you know and I, i guess i just kept i kept expecting something different to happen and it didn't like yeah and I kept think waiting for them to make a stand and and tell them to right. you know kiss off and they would leave or there was something dramatic yeah something dramatic was going to happen and it was just like oh okay yeah we're just gonna well, they tried to they they tried to make the drama moments the splitting up of of the the pairings of the characters and to me yeah. it felt I could see if they did one or two of them like that but when they when they did all of them like that. Um, and that, that's the other thing is the way they split them up. May to I, I mean I know they did, had the videos and all that kind of stuff and and she saw some of that, but it seemed like she had a lot more knowledge about these people than than she than she would have access to, right? Like, how would you know to split up Charlie and Daniel? Like, you wouldn't know that. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I know that she got a lot of information from their um, infomercials, but a lot of what she had, like you're saying, just they had. They, I, there's no way they had some of that stuff in those infomercials. Just makes no sense, unless, of course, she got the outtake tapes that uh, um, what's his head had when he broke them out of that bank vault, and maybe she got those from him. I don't know, and maybe he was feeding them some information but still it just like jim said it's a lot of leaps we have to make in the story in our mind just to get to where they're at which is i just to me it's unfair to the viewers to have to be charged with taking those leaps and figuring it out for themselves i mean i don't mind reading between the lines on certain things but this is you know basic storytelling and they're just not doing it right at all i don't know it just it bugs me too because 
they have there's so many actors on the show that are just really doing good work mm-hmm. and they're and they're really enjoyable to watch and to see interact and to just see it all be again i think i think it gets back to i mean i don't have my knives and pitchforks out for the showrunners to to be jettisoned but it, it just comes back to the fact that that's the deficiency it's not you know it's not the cast and the crew it's 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 these and again i think i think you could tell essentially the same story i just don't think they're doing a good job of telling that story you know i i i'm i think they can get to where they want to be and they could do it in a in a better smarter way i i think they're just that's the problem i have is they're just not telling this this story right. in, in a way that i feel is is you know it's, it's so pedestrian it's just so so silly yeah. like i said i mean Look, you got Garrett Dillahunt, you got Lenny James. I mean, you got some like really, you know, even Jen Elfman, Mo, Mo Collins. These are like some really good, talented actors, and they're doing the best they can with what they're giving them. But what they're giving them is just not good, you know. I, again, I'm looking at the the uh, the Toby ratings now from our listeners, and uh, wow, okay. <laughs> so anyway. Before we let's talk about something positive before we talk about something negative, shall we? Please. Discount comic book service. DCBService.com. Also in stocktrades.com. Why? Why are they so awesome? Let me tell you a few things about these people. First of all, if you uh, have some geeky people in your life, and there are a lot of gift giving holidays coming up, you know, you got your Hanukkah, you got your. Uh, Festivus, you got your Christmas, uh, Kwanzaa, uh, you know, Boxing Day, Black Friday, yeah, all those good things, um, you, you know, you have gifts to buy for your loved ones, and a lot of your loved ones might have some, you know, big geeky stuff, like, you know, comic books, or, uh, gaming supplies, like Dungeons and Dragons, or statues, action figures, or cool clothing, um, or, or collectibles, and if you want to shop for them and you want to save 30 40 50% off on this stuff, then by all means, go to DCBService.com, because that's where you're going to save the money. That's where you're going to find the coolest stuff. Um, I'm looking right now at this really sweet uh, reproduction shirt of the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas movie poster, the original one. Uh, I, I know, uh, you know, Christmas time comes around. That's a favorite around here and it's originally $35. It is 25% off right now, but not only are you getting great deals cheaper than Amazon, to be quite honest, um, you're also supporting small business. This is a small business and, uh, you know, it's not some mega corporation that is going to leave you hanging or something goes wrong. These people if something heaven forbid does go wrong. They'll make it right. Uh, but from what I understand from people order from them, hardly anything ever goes wrong. Um, some of the other pre- uh, um, specials they have going on right now, uh, the um, Marvel is relaunching the X-Men uh, with a whole bunch of new number ones uh, under the auspices of the new uh, uh, Johnson Hickman regime there in the X-Books. Uh, you got New Mutants 1 and 2, X-Force 1 and 2, Fallen Angels 1 and 2, all 50% off. Uh, you also have 50% off on all hardcovers and trades um, from DC and Marvel. Uh, all kinds of great deals. If you, you just take the time to look at their website, like I said, dcbservice.com, you're going to find something there that you're just going to be like, you know, oh, man, this price is too good to pass up, or, oh, that's the perfect gift for my loved one, friend, coworker, associate, person I know, podcast host who I enjoy. Uh <laughs> Any of those things, you'll find a perfect gift for them there. Uh, gift giving season. This is the beginning of October, people. I know you don't want to think about it, but gift giving season's just around the corner. It's almost get here. on it. Wasn't get on it, it. Wasn't it just Christmas? It's October. No. Wow, man. Time flies. Or I saw something on Facebook as as it as it's been in Texas. It feels like July the seventy first. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We've got ninety degree weather here for the past two days in Pittsburgh. Yeah, my parents are there in the DFW Metroplex, and they have been just going on and on about the heat. <laughs> so. But, you know, global warming's a myth. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, how about some Toby ratings, guys? Well, Jim, go ahead and let's start with yours. I give this uh, two. 
I just didn't like it, and uh, so many questions, so many things that didn't make sense. It's just the same problems I've had with the show, this whole part of this season, really. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we pretty much covered it already in the general discussion, all my feelings, so, a two. Russ? I'll give it two and a half again, just similar to how I felt about last week's episode. Just, you know, again, the performances are what, to me, um, makes makes the show. Uh, and it's just it's just the writing and the situational stuff that's just really a bummer. So, yeah. Aaron, who is off hobnobbing with his Hollywood elite tonight, could be here. Uh, he says, sorry, I missed the show. I would have liked to talk about this very flawed finale. Uh, I get the basic idea for what this conclusion was going for, but everything following the big wedding, which was nice, felt off. Uh, couldn't understand all the jerk attitudes about splitting everybody up, and the final minutes, while certainly a twist, came out in a weird and unsatisfying way. Um, that's part of the problem when you introduce a major villain four episodes away from the end. Uh, true. Um, anyway, not a great finish to a season that started with more promise than it finished with. He gives it two Tobies. Myself, um, like Jim said, we've kind of already discussed all the problems we had with this, but I mean, overall, I, I mean, I, I will just say this, the mall, that's all I'll say, the mall. And as far as my Tobies go, I, I have a little bit of too much respect for Tobias from the beginning of this show to continue to drag his name through the mud using him to rate this shit. So I'm just going to simply say one star. That's it. Okay. Well, our uh, Facebook group definitely did, had a similar, uh, if not even worse, outlook on this. Uh, Johnny Storer starts this out. Oh, boy. This show is bullshit. No one dies at all this season from our group. And Morgan dies like that in the last three minutes, which he won't because it's a lame-ass cliffhanger. Totally predictable. Hopefully Lenny James did have some dignity and did quit the show. This season is one of the worst of any TV I've ever watched. We really need to help people. You stole my gas. I'm going to try to kill you now. What the hell? This These writers suck. There is no purpose to this season. I said the group wouldn't get split up. Then it does. Chick is pregnant but doesn't know it. I just had my second baby. My wife knew both times right away without pregnancy devices. Uh, this show is lame. I'm most likely going to quit it because they already started filming and these lame-ass millennials are back next year in charge. I mean, have you seen them on Talking Dead? Uh, ever their pant legs are halfway up their shins looking for a flood? True dorks. Thank God The Walking Dead is back and I have AMC premiere. I can watch it tonight a week early. Poor Lenny James. Poor fans who had to waste 16 hours of their life with no true payoff. This shit sucked all year. But thank you guys for the podcast. Now let's not talk disparagingly about dorks. Just saying that. Well, he put in a picture. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy does have, he is, oh, yeah, as we I see used to it. say in school, <laughs> looking for a flood. So, uh, Dre Irvin's uh, comment. What the actual hell? That's it. Yeah, I'm going to leave that at that because that's what he says. Oh, that's what she said. Uh, uh, Mike Glixman, one gun shooting blanks. How fitting. Uh, I've been saying this show has gone to crap from the beginning of se the season. Uh, next season will be a spinoff consisting entirely of Alicia painting trees, as filmed by Al. Uh, Leo Cavalla, complete shit show, not even worth commenting. That's Tammy Heisley, zero Tobies. Rob Cook, oh dear, read the comments and I haven't even seen the show yet. <laughs> we'll probably catch up, but this sounds grim. The whole season has been pretty weak, especially considering some of the quality casts that they have on board. The writing and story arcs have been very weak. What a wasted opportunity. Uh, Tony, Toby rating for the season so far is a 2, and that sounds like I may go down to a 1 after I get to view the finale. Great podcast as usual, though, guys. Thank you, Rob. Uh, I've been listening, even if you, even if I've not been posting. Cheers. Roll on to the parent show. That seems to be the general consensus around here. Uh, Eric Jackson. I would have given it a 0, but Traveling Wilburys Volume 1 is one of the greatest records ever pressed, so I'm awarding one wedding without a betting out of five for that scene, and for Ginny taking away the damn camera from Al and Skidmark surviving. I was only half paying attention, but what I think I got out of it was the same people 
who wouldn't let anything stop them from getting a rickety plane in the air, threw in the towel in a heartbeat when they saw a bunch of walkers and asked for help that they apparently didn't really need. Mark Richards. Two out of five sucky endings. After finally getting to watch it, I thought this might be the, uh, the goddamn way they get there only back by setting a herd on them. Uh, but oh no, we'll wash away our herd bullcrap. Then I thought we might just get a happy ending with the wedding. Horseshit. Uh, then we will get the biggest shit pile of them all, her trying to shoot Morgan twice. And the second time with a faulty gun, only to leave him sitting on the steps, only to end there. Now, I didn't see any dumpster nearby, so is Morgan dead or will he survive? <laughs> That's exactly what I thought, dude. Yep. I'm like, oh, where's Glenn, Glenn in the dumpster law? Um, what a chicken shit uh, ending. Uh, only one goddamn thing to come at, or only one GD thing to come at the end was find out Grace isn't dying. She's just pregnant, but wait, this must be the new Jesus, as I don't believe her, and Morgan got it on. And surely it's more than four months since the nuclear plant blow up. Look forward to hearing your view on this. Well, she did say she hooked up with a dude from the plant. Yeah. Told, told, yeah, that's that was the whole scene in this episode. So That's probably the father of her child, I would guess. Right? No. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. I get when she she kind of it was like, a, you know, and she's like, the only reason I did it was because, you know, she she admitted she slept with that guy. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was trying to because I had forgotten about that at first. And I was trying to think, did her and Morgan at some point? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> they were only on a merry-go-round together. OK, come on. Yeah. Uh, Jason Graining, zero dumpsters to be found of five. Uh, this episode and the season in a nutshell was pretty terrible to watch. The story defied logic of all kinds, such as, how did Al get the footage from Tom's camera when he fell into the river? Good question. How did the group find the time to pull together a full wedding ceremony when Ginny and her group seemed just miles away? Did Morgan actually die, or will he be able to crawl under a dumpster to hide from the approaching walkers? Well, Morgan and Andy pretty much combined with the two lowest points of the parent show, Glenn in the Dumpster, along with Negan's cliffhanger debut, into one bad ending to close the season. It shouldn't surprise me, as this season has been a roller coaster of logic bombs with plane repairs, hot air balloons, nuclear meltdowns, and oil refining. Uh, all while being able to document this with camera batteries that never die and tapes that never run out of film. This is by far the worst of all the seasons of this show. I may be done with the spinoff, even though I've been a fan of the character. I couldn't care less what Morgan's fate is at the moment. Terrible. Uh, Marianne Corridor, I can't even give this a rating. My comment from last week stands, I would rather get bitten by a walker than watch another episode and or season of this show. Remember, Morgan always says he doesn't die, so guess how this is going to play out. Huh. Ugh. Thanks for covering this mess. I can't wait for The Walking Dead next week. Okay. Before I, I'm, Yokiyushi Sawada is written in, and he even says longer than usual. So, take a drink, Jim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta stay hydrated. Hydration is key. That's how you get through this. This one is longer than usual, so feel free to skimp me if you want to to save your time and your voice. That's okay, Yokiyushi. You're worth it, buddy. Four point five Walker drives out of five. Wow. Uh, one. I'm just gonna say it. Morgan is a bad leader. Okay, I've been saying it since the whole. We're not doing smart, we're doing right dribble. But it's clear that Morgan can't lead uh, without his emotions uh, beating out his brain. Two. To prove my point, no one seems to want to really do the Virginia thing except Victor. Morgan only agreed because Grace was running out of time. Three. Morgan rant over. Back to the episode. Great idea to use the walkers as a pensive maneuver. Uh, it wouldn't have worked, but good idea nonetheless. Four, I don't think Victor is backsliding into his old ways again. I feel he has a bigger plan, and that's why he's so set on joining the horse club. I give this, I give here this Virginia knows it could be a trap, so I'll bring a hostage. That's good leadership thinking. Morgan, take the notes. Five, Dwight falls off a horse and can barely run. Grace is, uh, do you dehydrated and weak, but can still be steady on a horse? Message from the horse. You killed Mr. Dwight, Morgan, and his I will not fight spiel. Oh, okay. Boy, this, uh, you know, text recognition software. 
It's not really where it should be. Uh, six, is, yay, it's the wedding, every, everyone, I give you the Dories. May they never be apart. Morgan gave up all his power the moment he asked for her help, so I'd like to be like, you call me and make demands of who I take? Really? Seven, okay, okay, everyone has agreed to go with you guys and giving you their weapons. No need to strong-arm everyone. This is why we hate you. <laughs> uh, eight, oh no, the Dories have been separated. You fools. Now they can retell us the part about how they found each other again next season with extra parts. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Nine. Wait, why is Wendell getting his own personal car? Hmm. Wait, why does Grace get her own personal car? Wait, why isn't Charlie going with the rest of the kids? That's it. Shenanigans. I call shenanigans. But really, I don't think they plan on letting Wendell and Grace live. Ten. Daniel. Hey, that's my cat. He goes with me everywhere I go. Horse Club Butcher. Not anymore. That cat has use to. Uh, it's not like they're going to give Skidmark pest control duty. Eleven. I see where Virginia is coming from. Morgan is persistent to want to do things his way. Then we, he, uh, then we, he caves. She takes time and gas to go get him, only to learn they were going to fight her. And finally, he puts conditions for surrender. Morgan is a mouse, and she gave him a cookie. Next it will be, you got to let us write to each other. You got to let us see each other. You got to let us see each other. In the end, Morgan is too much work to deal with, so I can see why killing him is a good idea. Twelve. Here's some scenarios for next season, most likely to least likely. A1. Morgan is about to die when Sherry comes in and saves him. <laughs> next half season is the two of them trying to get the band back together. B2. Oh, no. Morgan got bit on the arm, but someone came and saved him. It's Madison. She's alive. <laughs> and next season half uh, is them getting the band back, to game back together, with Morgan now having to use the staff with one arm. And Madison sending the house club to, horse club to the glue factory. C3. Morgan managed to kill all the walkers. He hears a voice on the radio asking where he is. Soon after, he passes out. When he wakes, he's told he was lucky he was a bee. And the door opens to reveal Rick. Series follows Grace. I know this one was longer. I'm sorry, Mr. Deeds. I'll just say no matter how useful Simone may be, uh, they'll always be useless if they're not willing to do what they want. What you want. Kenpai. Kenpai. Uh, Kevin Barry. One Toby deserves better than to have his name soiled by this episode out of five. Uh, this episode had promise of a western shootout with weaponized walkers, but it decided to give us a story about quitters. I do not think Morgan is dead, but he will survive and possibly turn back into clear Morgan. Bring on the walking dead. Uh, Brent Jones. Come on, y'all. This is how they finally tie it all together. Morgan will chop her out to the gentle sounds of the mash theme song to be reunited with Rick, and somehow Dwight will get the group to D.C. I have not watched this episode, and I've been saying this before every episode, as it's the only way I can keep watching, to see how they tie the two shows together at Rick's death scene. They need to have Daniel spell out goodbye in rocks as he takes off in the chopper. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, Robert Nigro. Well, nothing new to add here by me. It's all been said. We, are, we all are at least as creative as the showrunners and writers. I agree this was a big disappointment of a season, even though the show had its moments and remained strong with character development. But there were just too many silly situations in se to seemingly give the gang something to do and to keep the people in episodes moving. But the season arc was so ho-hum and seemingly pointless overall that I really wonder if this is what they, uh, like what they say about a camel that's a horse designed by committee. Well, after all that, all I can say is next week, the parent show is back. Yay! Uh, the Walking Dead. I know some people are able to see it early on AMC Premiere, but we're going to wait until it's actually broadcast to do our episode about it, I think. Um, but yeah, you can join our Facebook group and let us know what you think about the Walking Dead show that's actually kind of good now, as opposed to this one. It's like a seesaw. Um, real quick, I wanted to mention, um, just kind of as an ancillary note, uh, I watched the premiere of Creepshow on Shudder. Uh, it's done by Greg Nicotero, who was the, who is one of the executive producers of The Walking Dead, and has directed many episodes of The Walking Dead, and was the effects supervisor of The Walking Dead. So this is his new project. It's an adaptation of the into a television series of the old you know uh, sh uh, movie Creepshow that was done by Stephen King and George Romero uh, back in the eighties. 
the first episode was really great. The first, very first story they do is a Stephen King adaptation, okay, that Nicotero himself directs, starring Adrian Barbeau, uh, Tobin Bell, and Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, wow. And it's an adaptation <clears throat> of Stephen King's story, Grey Matter. And it's a really good it's a really good one. And then the second story in the anthology is a really creepy story about a girl in her dollhouse. Uh, I, I, but nobody, uh, the writer was not somebody I, or or any of the actors or anybody I recognized. But it was also really well done. So if you're a fan of the old movie Creep Show, you want to see what Greg Nicotero's been up to lately. Uh, it's on the Shutter Channel. I pay five dollars a month for it through Amazon. Um, so. But I recommend it. It's very good. Hmm. I'll check it out. Yeah, I was a big fan of the movie back in the day. So. Oh, I, yeah, I did. Me too, yeah. I'm also excited that, um, speaking of Stephen King, they're redoing his The Stand. Looks like a... Yeah, CBS so far, All looks, Yeah, looks yeah. like it's going to be pretty good, hopefully, fingers crossed. All right, so I guess that's it then, right? Yeah, I think we're good until next week. All right, so that's a wrap on Season 5 of Fear the Walking Dead. Um, so You better t- double-tap that season to make sure it stays in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we take off, uh, Russ, where can the people find you? Oh, just tune in here, hwlod.com, um, and then look for Gotham by Geeks uh, on Daryl Taylor's Taylor Network of Podcasts. I'm, I'm over there as well. And then you can follow me at chubtoad one on all the socials. And then Jim, the man who never sleeps, all the stuff he's got going on. Go Jim. <laughs> uh, at Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, you can hire me for voiceover work, voice acting work, uh, podcast editing, or video uh, videocast editing uh, for YouTube. Uh, all my gigs are listed right there. I'm Jim Dietz 840 all one word. Uh, at Fiverr with two rs.com you can check that out uh, oldmagicgaming.com we just relaunched the website all of our D&D podcasts are there we're going to have new episodes starting in about a week because we're going to play this weekend um, uh, oldmagicgaming.com if you're into the D&D and you want to hear some live play we kind of put uh, you know, sound effects background music and stuff uh, you know, kind of give it more of a radio play feel rather than just listening to people roll dice and shuffle paper so uh, check that out Nothing's On is the weekly podcast I do over at the Taylor Network of Podcasts. And we have watched so much, in the last episode, we watched so much damn TV from the new season. So you don't have to. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, watch Stumptown. Also, avoid Bob Hart's Abishola. Anyway, um, that's the nothingson.com if you want like a weekly look at news uh, in TV and movies. And uh, on the socials at yodajones.com. All right. So until next week when there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth. Oh, God, we're going to have a season six. Well, it's all. Someone to tell you everything Sit around and wonder what tomorrow will bring Maybe a diamond ring Well, it's all right Even if they say you're wrong Well, it's all right Sometimes you gotta be strong Well, it's all right As long as you got someone to lay with Somewhere down the road away You'll think of me and wonder where I am these days Maybe somewhere down the road when somebody plays Purple haze
If you're by my side 